Welcome to the Action Practice Building Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Bognar, and I help therapists fill their practices with good fit clients while strengthening their communities and holding on to their values. Therapy has the power to make the world a better place little by little, person by person, in a profound and cumulative way, and yet so many therapists are underutilized or struggle to fill their caseloads. My dream for you is a full, bustling practice that allows you to do the work you love, work with the issues you care about, and make enough money to feel relaxed and secure. I've done that for myself, and I'm here to show you how to do it too. I'm glad you're here. Let's take action together. Folks, welcome back to the Action Practice Building Podcast. I have a really special treat for you today. My guest is Devorah Gila-Berkowitz, and Devorah really did two things that I liked during our interview today. The first one is that she shared really wonderful, concrete steps in how to improve your email game and how to write an email that really connects you to people. Um, speaking of people that you know, people that maybe you don't know as well, she gives an incredible amount of advice in a really succinct period of time. So unless you're driving, I suggest that you get out a uh, sheet of paper and a pencil or open up your laptop and get ready to type because there's going to be a lot of really incredible stuff that's going to come at you really fast. The other thing that Devorah zeroed in on that I really loved is this value of helping others. And I think that to people in a scarcity mindset or people who are used to super competitive situations or people who look at life as a zero sum game, that can be a confusing idea. The idea should be that like we should go out and build our own thing and, and, you know, build this empire. And I'm telling you, having tried it a few different ways, the way that works for me is to build up the people around me, to build up the people I really care about and to try to help people as much as I can. And that has been the way that my practice has become as successful as it has become today. So really listen to these incredible pieces of advice that Devor is going to share, but also listen to the guiding principle behind it, which is that givers gain and to be gracious and generous. And I'm telling you, um, it will be like magic. I hope you love this interview. With fun and getting a ring. Action practice building. Folks, welcome back to the Action Practice Building podcast. I have a really wonderful guest this week. This is Devorah Gila Berkowitz, who is a divine energy healer, life coach, and spiritual mentor. And we're here on the topic of how to write an email today, a really important thing that each of you is destined to do many, many times in your career. And so it is worth getting right. Uh, Devorah, welcome. Thanks for being here. Hi, Nick. I'm super excited to be here today. Well, wonderful, wonderful. Well, let's let's uh, jump right into it today. Um, I know you work with a lot of different healers, and you work with, uh, you yourself are a, a coach, a life coach. What is the number one thing that people need to know about writing a powerful email in, in service of their own services or offerings? Okay, so as you know, Nick, it's important to not just know how to be the top in your field professionally. Mm-hmm. It's also important to know how to set up systems in your business mm-hmm. and feel confident as a business owner. Mm-hmm. So one of these aspects is email correspondence because it shows your professionalism, your personality to your colleagues, your potential referral partners. I know you're big into networking. Mm-hmm. This is an important piece about creating authentic connections. And so I've got four really cool tips today Great. on how to write a really good email that will basically position you as a professional in your in your field as a therapist. I can't wait. Let's hear them. <laughs> Let's hear number one. Right. Let's eager. jump right in. Yeah. So the first thing you want to do is 
to open your email by saying something authentically true and appreciative about the person you're writing to, right? Mm. It's not nice to just jump in and say what you want and like, hi, I'm blah, 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 blah. And this is what I do. And, you know, how about we work together? No, what you want to do is use basic communication skills mm -hmm. and to, you know, first focus on the person and you'll have to learn a little bit about them, first of all, if you don't know mm -hmm. what they do. Sure. So how do you learn how to address someone in an authentically true and appreciative way about that person? One thing you can do is look them up on LinkedIn, look mm -hmm. them up on their website, find out what they do, find out something specific and unique about them. Mm -hmm. You could find a post or an article that they've written. And by doing this, you'll have their attention because everyone wants to be seen and heard, right? Even the most successful person wants mm -hmm. to be addressed as if they are important. So mm -hmm. when you do this and you open your email by saying something authentically true and appreciative about the other person, you'll have their attention and it'll be a really great start to your email. Okay. I love that. And so how do you, so you've mentioned um, LinkedIn website, looking people up, getting information about them. Um, how do you demonstrate appreciation of a person? Like what's an example of a way that you would really make a recipient feel seen, especially if this is somebody that maybe you don't know outside of LinkedIn or, or sort of their online presence? Okay, so I'll just illustrate with something that I wrote in the email to you and your team to mm -hmm. land this podcast spot today. <laughs> and um, I don't have it in front of me, but basically sure. it was like, I'm really excited for Nick's new direction because mm. I knew that you were having this podcast. I named the podcast and I looked up your you know, website and I found out a little bit about what you do. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to communicate this to your assistant and that showed that I'm interested not in just you know, landing a spot on your podcast, but I'm interested in you and what you're doing. Wonderful. And Michelle, if you're hearing this, then uh, know that you have been demoted to assistant. You are no longer a social media manager. It was a good run <laughs> while we had it, but that is where you live now. Um, but you yeah. make a great point. And I know that that, I mean, obviously that worked. You're, you're We're living in the results right now um, of that. But of course, you know, as a person who is in receipt of these, these kind of email inquiries, of course, it's it's definitely a, a sort of a long sort of gorge between how I feel when somebody clearly has read the email that solicited guests or when somebody has clearly looked at my website and my information online versus when you get something that maybe seems um, slapdash or like somebody doesn't really know what I do, you know, that then it, it has kind of a spammy quality to it, right? So it's really a big difference maker if you're able to show people that you took the time to get to know them a little bit and that you're paying attention to them specifically as opposed to rattling off tons and tons of emails. Exactly. And I think the keywords that you used here was to take the time. Mm, yeah. People want to know that you care and mm -hmm. that you're just not looking after yourself. Right. So taking the time is really key to do that research about the person. And it doesn't have to take long. No, 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 no. It's, it truly, it's a, I, I'm glad you point that out. Yeah. It's, it doesn't need to be an exhaustive, where you hire a private investigator and then you learn their social security number. I mean, it can really just be, <laughs> you know, just like you would learn in an introduction. And it's also important to mention that for those of us in the world of therapy and in, and in the sort of healing professions, that this is what we do consistently throughout our careers. We listen to people, we learn about them, we're interested and curious about them, and we make them feel heard. And so little things like this are an opportunity to demonstrate that you have those skills on offer. And I think that those of us who really care about our professional relationships notice 
people who have that kind of skill who take the time to see people and get to know people versus the people who kind of run in and, you know, do a sales pitch and leave. So outstanding. All right. Well, tip one, set the bar pretty high. What's tip number two? All right. Well, actually, you said the word curious of curiosity, which is tip number four. So I'm really excited, but we're going to put that aside for now. Okay. Little teaser. We're gonna go to, yeah, we're going to a little teaser. We're going to go to tip number two, which is keep it short and to the point. Mm. Okay. We don't want to ramble on and on again. You don't want to ramble on about yourself. People are busy and sometimes they're really under stress mm-hmm. and you know, they've got tons of emails in their inbox. So you want to keep it really short and to the point. You know, if you tell a whole long story or get into details and aren't focused, you're going to lose them, mm. uh, maybe even from the spot start and you might drain them by reading Mm. it and you might lessen your chances of getting a response. And that would be a shame. So keep it short to the point. It shows that you're focused. It shows that you're professional. It also saves you a lot of time. And that's what I did in the email also to, uh, to Michelle. Also, I kept it short and to the point. Do you have any tips for people who really struggle with that kind of conciseness? I know that you know, first, or, you know, or for people who don't struggle with that kind of conciseness, but really have that imposter syndrome around like the email needing to be perfect or, you know, where it might take them a really long time to sort of make a basic email. Do you have any sort of time-saving tips for those people? Okay. Time-saving might not be the same as how to write the short email. Fair. So I know I said it doesn't have to be long. it take a long time uh, for the, the research, at least. Look, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And the Mm. way I write is I'll write and then I will edit down and I might end up with 30% of what I originally started with. So you want to write your original draft and don't get so hung up on it, but do Mm. go over it again and make sure you're leaving out any excess, uh, non-necessary words. I'll even shorten things like I will to I'll, uh, and just make it as short for the I and easy for the I to read. Mm-hmm. I like using spaces in between my paragraphs. My paragraphs are one to two sentences long. Mm. So going over what you wrote, paring it down to the absolute skeletal bare minimum mm-hmm. is your best chance at staying focused in that email. Yeah, it might take a while, but it's going to be worth it to put mm-hmm. that time into it. That's true. I also want to send us back to the 90s for a minute to give a shout out to all the English teachers that gave me a lot of hassle for writing one to two sentence paragraphs. I think I saw the future at that time and I was able to implement it. Um, and you know, like pearls before swine, um, it wasn't appreciated in its time, but now it is, it is a successful professional method for writing these emails. So thank you for vindicating teenage Dick. Absolutely. And when you write an email to your list, if you have that set up in your system, that's the way to go. One to two sentences. People's people are busy. They're stressed out. Their eye needs to move along the page. That's the only way I write posts or emails or articles. One to two sentences, three at the most. So this is really a this is really a great set of tips or skills for for all kinds of writing that people would do to promote themselves. Is really go skeletal, go minimal. Um, look to trim the fat wherever possible, and keep the paragraphs sort of short and popping. Right, because this is this is your marketing. When you're writing emails to uh, colleagues for networking and even to prospects, if that's mm-hmm. where your email is going, this is your marketing and you want to keep it short and sweet. That's my personal preference and that's what I have learned from experts. Well, and for the reasons you're saying, that seems like a really wise strategy. Now, let me ask you this. 
sometimes when I'm writing these emails, I like to include a positive story about the person that I'm writing with. And it's, it comes from an authentic place. Like, um, hey, Devorah, I was thinking about you the other day. Um, I know it's been a year and a half since we spoke on my podcast, but I was remembering, um, you know, the fact that I got off and went home and said, I just learned the most amazing thing about concise paragraphs. And then as it happened, three weeks later, one of my colleagues emailed me and said, Devorah taught you the most amazing thing about concise paragraphs. She's a genius, right? And I, for me, I, I sometimes will leave a little of that extra on there if it is in service of reflecting some of the greatness of the other person. Do you think that that's an okay way to sort of stray from the skeletal model or am I really just bogging people down? This is a great strategy for getting in touch with people that you haven't been in touch with for a long time. And that's something that I've been doing lately as well as I am starting to prepare to launch a group program. I'm circling back to my colleagues uh, and connections that I haven't been you know, in touch with maybe even before Corona, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, but you can't possibly sure. keep in touch with everybody. And so that's exactly the strategy that I use. I uh, remember something that we had in common, maybe the last call that we had and refer back to that. Um, it's a great way to, again, uh, let them know that they are seen and heard and you're not just reaching out to use them because we all want to feel that we're authentically connected to others. We all want to feel important. And you yourself writing the email, you also want to work on your sense of authentic connections. And it just helps you be a better person. So, okay, you heard it here first, folks. So if I send you an email in 18 months, you're going to read the whole thing. Outstanding. Thank you in advance for your patience with that, Devorah. <laughs> okay, so that that's amazing. All right, we're cruising along. What's tip number three? Tip number three is don't be needy. Don't be needy. Love don't it. Tell me needy. more. Be gracious and generous. So look, running your business is one of the best uh, self-help projects that you will ever have. It's a really awesome opportunity to develop your own confidence and look at how you relate to people, how you relate to yourself. That's just an aside. Uh, that's not even on my notes. Um, <laughs> so when you're writing your email, come from a place that's gracious and generous. This is an awesome opportunity to practice generosity, right? In networking, there's the phrase givers gain. You want to give first. When you give first, you actually get back. When you give, this is a um, little bit of an aside in parentheses that I also want you to know, is that when you give generously, people will naturally want to give back to you. So you don't have to throw your whole heart and soul into your email hoping to get something back. If you just give generously, um, whether it's your time and attention or offer to help them out in some way, which you probably should when you're asking for something, then naturally people are going to want to help you. Okay, so I'm just going to finish with the notes on number three is yeah. Um, while you're being gracious and generous, what you're doing is you're creating positive feelings and connections with the other person, which is so important, especially mm -hmm. these these days in the world we're living in. Yeah, you're you're becoming your best self, which is part of this big self-help project, which is running your own business. So you don't, you want to avoid flattering people, pleasing again, don't come from that, that place. And if you are suffering from or struggling with imposter syndrome, it's very possible that you might have to look at yourself very carefully and see what's the energy that you're bringing to your email. So just come from a place of confidence and helpfulness. You know, everybody has this, no matter how maybe um, not confident you might feel in your business. Everybody has a place of authenticity and, um, you know, graciousness and generosity. So that's point number three. I hope that was helpful. Totally helpful. And I'll say, actually, 
I don't know that this was intentional on your part, but these points have really been in ascending order in terms of stuff that I really love. And I'll say that the thing that you're talking about, um, the practicing generosity is really in terms of values at the very heart of what I want you all to remember out in the listening audience about action practice building is that if you can take a moment to stop thinking about doing business and stop thinking about making money or having a full practice and start thinking about the quality of the people around you and how you can enhance it. If you, the more you can think about making the lives of clients better that call you, whether it's because you treat them or whether it's because you send them to a really great referral. If you can think about how to build the practices of the people around you, whether they're therapists or other kinds of healers or accountants or lawyers or anybody else that you really respect and that you think does great business. These are the things that will build a community around you. And the truth is, I mean, it's so beautifully put, givers gain. And that's the real God's honest truth. I, I don't want to take up a ton of divorce time telling this story, but I will say that a turning point for me in my networking was the day that I got so desperate and so frustrated by trying to get business out of people that I just decided I was going to go and be nice to people in an event. And I just decided I was going to go and make people feel comfortable and try to learn about them and try to make friends. And that was the day that my business turned around or one of the days mm -hmm. that my business turned around. So I love that you put that. That's so elegant. Givers gain. And so true, folks. There's a lot of good content here so far. But if you take one thing from this podcast, take that with you. All right. Now, not to set the stage for, for a stratospheric tip four. But again, these really have been picking up momentum as we go. What's tip number four? Oh my gosh, Nick. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I have a couple comments for you. Hit <laughs> me. No, give me some three. comments. There's, that's not that disappointing. What, what, you, what I love about what you said, it, it reminds me of how one of the things I love doing in my business is connecting people together, whether it's referring clients to colleagues, whether it's connecting people together for podcasts, which is what I'm going to do also for you as well. I have people I think would be Sweet. a great fit for you. Uh, that's part of that. Yeah, that's part of that giver's game. That's part of that being generous. And I'm not even expecting anything back. I know that I'm creating this positive energy around me for my business. It's going to make me feel better as a business owner. It's yeah. just going to make my um, just being in business more exciting rather than sitting behind your computer trying to update your website, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. And then the other thing was um, you always just want to leave people better than when you found them. Um, and that's the good one, let's say it's a little bit off topic, but like a prospect comes to you and it doesn't work out. You want to leave them in a place where better, so, where they're better. So you refer them to someone else. Use your email skills that we're teaching you to hold everybody in the highest light. And yeah, that's about it. it so, so true. So true. Tip number Thank four. You. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I love this one. This is don't be assuming, but do be curious. Be open. So don't assume that. They're going to drop everything and answer your email right away. Don't be assuming that they're going to get involved in this collaboration and maybe um, accept your invitation for a virtual coffee chat, you know, but do be curious and open and you can use this, this language. I'll even give you this language. Yes. There's two expressions that I love to use. And one is I'm wondering if, and the other is I'm curious about, so I'm wondering if, you might be open to um, seeing how our businesses might overlap and we could support each other. So that's an oh, I'm wondering question. Or I'm curious about if, um, let's say uh, you're looking for more clients and there is something about, what is it called? Overflow clients for someone who has a lot of people and they can't serve everyone. So maybe I'm curious about uh, the possibility of talking about overflow clients and if I could possibly be a good fit. You know, like all of this open language it's not assuming 
And either way, just make sure to let the person save face and give them mm. an out so they can say no. And and uh, what you can write is is this exactly quote this. Either way, it's okay. Just let me know. Absolutely. Either way, it's okay. Just let me know. You're giving them an out. And I like to put that little smiley face next to that. But that's just my own style. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so emoticons are optional here. I, I want to say, uh, Devorah, you're really preaching to the choir here because I'm wondering if, and I'm curious about our, like, practically the hello and goodbye of the therapist world. Like, if you've been in practice for more than a couple of years, then you're at the grocery store being like, I wonder if I could get, you know, three quarters of a pound of of uh, sliced turkey or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm curious about where I might find the the soap, which aisle that might be on. Like, it is it is one of those things where we get that trained into us so hard at grad school that it's almost hard not to have a question that doesn't involve wonder and curiosity. Um, so excellent. So the good news is, folks, you again, this is another instance where your therapist skills are just primed. You've already developed them. You can use them to implement this wonderful thing um, that can help you really be seen and feel connected and um, have other people feel connected to you. It's outstanding stuff. Absolutely. And the benefit of following these kinds of guidelines, and I'm sure there's others, these are just the ones that I have found work for me, that it helps you establish just a strong foundation to these people that you might either be reaching out to for the first time or circling back to after a long time. Okay, so that is, so number one, Deborah, thank you. This is really wonderful information here. Now, I know people are listening to this podcast right now, and they're saying, uh, Deborah Giller-Berkowitz is a genius, and she knows exactly what I need to do. Um, she's got so much more to teach me. If this is what she taught me in 15 minutes, then I can't even imagine what she could teach me um, in more time than that. What do you have on offer, and what can people reach out to you um, to learn, do, experience, receive, etc.? Oh, my goodness. So that's such a beautiful invitation. So my offer is something super special that I don't usually do, and I'm not just being like salesy. It's really true. Um, and I'm sensing that there could be people in your um, audience that could benefit from this, which is why I'm doing this. Um, so first, I'm going to preface this audio with just a really super short story mm -hmm. of someone I'm super excited about. I just finished working with her a couple months ago, and I'm so excited about her progress. I'm actually her business partner now. That's oh. the amazing kind of movement that she did. She, um, I'll call her Mary. She's a holistic practitioner, and she had this 20-year-long dream to create, um, like to up-level her business to uh, this life, this like legacy that she wanted to leave behind. Mm -hmm. And so she was working on herself forever and she realized that she needed to do something different to move higher and to, you know, reach her goal. And she came in with these old patterns of, you know, negative emotions and negative behaviors. And in the work that I did with her as a divine energy healer, is found um, the root causes of these blocks. You know, why after 20 years could she not move forward to uh, build her business in this way? And we came across family dynamics, you know, trauma in her childhood, the relationships she had with her parents, um, and even ancestral parent patterns that came through her DNA and into her environment. Long story short, as a result of the work we did together, she let go of her emotional and behavioral responses. Yay, <laughs> until get this, the pieces of her business vision started to move together so quickly, like pieces of a puzzle, she couldn't even keep up with them. Oh, wow. So now, where is she? Uh, this is after just like six months of working with her, but um, she's now got her business plan for a multi million dollar project. She's got her first investor interested on the table, 
and board of directors, a team standing by her, and I'm her business partner with this. I'm getting myself involved in this. This is a really cool, awesome project. So with that, I'm excited to offer this. No, it's not a six-month program. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> it's, actually, <laughs> um, it's a free intuitive inset, um, uh, assessment, right? It's just like the beginning of um, finding out what is happening behind the scenes that might be keeping you stuck, keep, keeping you in the imposter syndrome, for example. So this offer is for practitioners, therapists who feel that they're ready to reach their next healing breakthrough and they're actually looking for a solution that feels like a good fit and they're curious about, you know, how can divine energy healing help me? So, um, you know, maybe they've been struggling with physical or emotional health and well-being issues for a long time. Um, maybe they feel like they've tried everything and still can't solve this problem or think, you know, I should be able to get over this already because I help so many people. And, you know, you feel like a failure because you should be able to do this already. A common um, therapist lament, by the way. Common, yes. It happens to all of us, which is why every coach needs a coach. Every healer needs a healer. Yeah. Um, and you might even sense you know what you need to do. You just can't do it yourself. So in this free call, 20-minute um, call, it's worth $125. We get a lot done in this call. Uh, you discover the energetic roots and influences of what's keeping you stuck. Again, it could be genetic, ancestral, trauma-related, emotional, spiritual imbalances, other outside influences. You'll receive valuable insights and information about your situation and these underlying energetic causes that can't be found on an MRI, they can't be found in a CT, and sometimes they can't, well, most of the time, can't be found in like years of psychotherapy because mm. it's you know energetic. It's, it, it needs to be seen by an intuitive. Um, you'll explore how you receive this energy whether you receive it or maybe you don't receive it, right? Um, being curious and have finally have a deeper understanding of what you need to know or do in order to heal. And so either way, you'll walk away with either recommendations on how to move forward or an opportunity to work together to reach your next healing breakthrough. So that's my free intuitive assessment. Outstanding. Well, folks, you have an opportunity to do this here. Uh, Dvorak Gila Berkowitz, tell me where people can find you on the web. Like how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Facebook and my website and the links are below. And if you want me to say them, I'm at easeandflowsoul.com. And I'm super excited to hear from you. I tell you, and I'm glad that you said it because we will put the links in the notes, but I'm a sort of an audio person. So like, I'll remember your link for the rest of my life, whereas I might like lose it if it were written down somewhere. So that's Oh, really? Awesome. That's really cool. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And the link for the free intuitive assessment will also be um, attached to this. Uh, podcast. Outstanding. Well, thanks so much for making time for us today. Thank you for all this wonderful wealth of information um, that you shared with the listeners. And folks, if you're interested in um, this incredible and intuitive assessment, feel free to reach out to uh, Devorah in the links below. Thanks so much for being here today. Nick, you're awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. That's it for action practice building today. Folks, thanks so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I don't know that you're ever going to get a more dense batch of helpful advice in such a short period of time as you ever did just then. So thanks very much to Devorah Gila Berkowitz uh, for being the guest today. Folks, go out this week, be gracious and generous, help other people build their practices and you will build yours. I guarantee it. Have a wonderful week.